Welcome to Thinking About Adoption, a podcast brought to you by AdoptMatch. We are your hosts, birth mom and AdoptMatch policy director, Kelsey Vanderblade-Ranyard. And AdoptMatch co-founder and adoption attorney, Celeste Liversidge. We're here to cut through the noise and tell you the truth about what to expect before, during, and after an adoption, and to make sure you connect with the right support and people along the way. Through information and education, our goal is to preserve adoption as a safe and accessible option for women facing an unintended pregnancy. If you're considering adoption and need help or just want to learn more about the process, visit AdoptMatch.com, where you'll find everything you need to know about adoption, along with a directory of ethical adoption attorneys, agencies, and a wide range of awesome waiting adoptive parents. Listen to Thinking About Adoption on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you've heard, please take a minute to leave us a review. Today, we're talking about how to find the right adoptive family. Kelsey, you went through this process. Mm -hmm. How in the world did you find the family for your son during the process? Where did you start? Were you completely overwhelmed by the idea of the responsibility of what you were about to undertake? Yes. I remember stacks of profile books sitting on my mom's countertop for at least a month and her being like, you need to look through these. And it was just a daunting task. And I doesn't it seem like every don't they all start sounding the same? They all love family time and love to hike and go for long walks on the yeah, beach. Yeah, it's all these like very picturesque <laughs> profile books. And a lot of effort has obviously gone into making them and it's just overwhelming. You're reading about these strangers and it's a tough thing to think about. For me, especially this was my first baby. I had no real um, concept of what was really going on inside my body and what was ahead of me. And looking through profile books was just, it felt so almost imaginary. Sure. Yeah. It well, didn't feel real. Well, it is. And as Ashley, our good beloved friend, Ashley Mitchell says often, like the thought of making this decision based on two freaking pieces of paper yeah, is so absurd because it is such a daunting task. Mm-hmm. And so anyone that suggests that you should be able to do so is, I think it's ridiculous. I think this, the idea of here's a stack of profiles, which one do you like? It's just, it's obnoxious. And the way I went about it was I went through a licensed professional. I went through an attorney. And so they gave me the profile books to look through. And I would say I got about 10 books. So that's like a whole evening, at least, of reading through these pages and looking at all these pictures. And you're trying to get to know this family through these pages. And it just, it it doesn't really click. And And then when you also are left with, 10 choices and you don't always think to yourself are there more choices are there sure someone else out there am i getting the full well that's yeah that's one of the things we want women to know is that there are more choices there are an almost an endless amount of choices so when your adoption professional hands you a stack of profiles and says here choose a choose one from here no first of all how the process should go is that the first thing that should happen is that you should be doing some soul searching and ask a huge wide range of questions about the things that are important to you. And it has to go beyond the things that are important to me are that they are of this faith or they're married or they have other kids or don't have other kids or they live in this place, this area of the country. Those are such basic factors. It's okay. Let's talk about those to start with. But then 
the questions go far wider than that. That's like saying when you th- when you think about you got to think about this as somebody that's choosing a spouse, and it, it is. It, I'm sure it feels that way, and like you're yeah. going through dating profiles. It would be like then being expected to come off a review of, of Match.com, and then choosing choosing your lifelong spouse. No, that's just the beginning. It's the beginning. And you've got to go into the process with some clarity about what's important to you and not just what's important to you, but why is right. it important? Right. And that's what your adoption professional is supposed to be helping you with. And then if that person doesn't have family that fits that description in their stack, their job is to go out and find that family for you because there are hundreds of thousands of adoptive families out there right and many more fit your description than perhaps what you're being what you're being shown we want people to know that there is not a limited choice there's an endless choice what drives me crazy is to hear (laughs) to hear an expectant mom or a birth mother say i told the agency that i wanted a hispanic family with with other adopted children and who lived in a in a big city Mm -hmm. and then the professional comes back and says here's some families you're like, that doesn't fit what I asked for. So they're they're not exactly Hispanic, but they do. One of their cousins is married to a, a Hispanic lady. And they don't have other adopted children, but they hope to adopt in the future. Mm-hmm. Or they don't live in the, they don't live in a big city, but, but they've always wanted to visit New York or something. Just... I think it, if you have boxes to check, you have to make those boxes a huge priority. Exactly. And, and there is no perfect adoptive family, and I don't want that's to right. give that perception because that, that doesn't exist. But I do think that there there is a family out there. If this is what you truly want to do, if this is a decision that you're truly set on, then there's a family out there that will match your description. And yeah, Probably honestly, many. yeah. There's hundreds of thousands of yeah. adoptive parents yeah. in this country. So yeah. I, unless you're of the, you know, unless you're of that, I just knew camp when you saw mm-hmm. it, your eyes locked from across a crowded room and he's yeah. just the one. I, I just think that there are, if you go, if you really go through the process, if you put in the work up front about what's important to you and why, and these are things that are, things that are profound, that are truly mm-hmm. you know, important foundational things, you're going to be able, you're going to know the why they're important. And you're going to end up finding probably a, a group of families that fit the description. And there's nothing wrong with talking to multiple families. I That's interviewed right. two different families over the phone, and that helped. I, in some levels, that didn't help clarity. On other levels, it did. I think I got confused by the whole situation in general. It was a very... Because you liked process. because you liked certain things about yeah. each family and not yeah. other. But I think in my mind, I think I was searching for this perfect family, and I didn't find a perfect family. But I don't think I was ever going to find. Well, a perfect it drives family. me crazy when you see that on adoption websites. Mm-hmm. We'll help you find the perfect family. Mm-hmm. No, you will not. There is no yeah. such thing. There is no such. There is no such thing as the perfect family. And you know what? There's no such thing as the perfect. Expectant mother, birth mother, child, yeah. etc. So stop it. Yeah. <laughs> but there are there's there are compatibility, and there are things that are that will help you in your post adoption relationship. Yeah, and that you will. I think that the I hear this time and time again from my clients, and I want to know if this resonates with you. And I don't want to get too, I don't want to dig, dig in, get too personal. I often hear that oh, this family, this couple reminds me of me and a baby's birth father or how 
I imagine that we could be 15 da- years down the road. Yeah, or they, that's, they identify I said with that. that. I said the reason I picked my the, the family I did is I eventually came to this conclusion that there was a familiarity to them. Yes. I could see it wasn't that I was like picking out their flaws, but I don't think that they presented themselves as like these perfect people. They were very like down to earth and real okay. with me and um, they had a good sense of humor and it was it just felt very natural to me. I, I do hear hmm. a lot of birth moms later on say it was just when we first met, it was just felt so magical. And I never felt that. I don't really, that's not really my personality anyway. I think it's a personality were, thing. I know. I was like, that's not really say me. that about, about their spouse or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like they, like, what? they say yeah. it was just, we just clicked. It was perfect. And I'm like, hey, if yeah, that's yeah. you, that was not me. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, no, this is good. They seem stable and healthy and compassionate and so much more practical approach they they like me which yeah i think a lot of adoptive parents like you because there's a lot (laughs) yeah but i think you can tell whether they like you in a way that they're just being solicitous Mm -hmm. of you or and and i will say to the best relationships i've seen are typically ones where there's some level of a connection between the two women. Yeah. If there are two, are, if there mm-hmm. are two, we know that there's one woman involved, the, mm-hmm. the, the expected mom. But I think that that's an important relationship for a lot of reasons that we don't need to spend the time to, to explore. But I think that's an important that there's a level of comfort there and a, a, just a, at least a modicum of affection mm-hmm. between those mm-hmm. two people. I think that I've, I see that is I think it's tough sometimes for adoptive adoptive moms who are not extroverts yeah. we've talked about that before yeah. i i think that's tough because they shouldn't be expected to be motive and Bubbly just out there if they're not yeah, yeah. but it, it i think it it creates a little bit of a I challenge think you can have a genuine connection regardless yeah, it just takes more time um, it just takes more time yeah. and but yeah i i think for me it was my sense of humor with the adoptive mom and that's how we really connected and mm. that solidified the relationship, the foundation of the relationship from the very beginning. And that that was the deal with us. That's how our relationship has gone as far as it has. And I'm, oh gosh, five and a half years out now and we still have a good mm. relationship and humor is still a huge part of it. <laughs> so, that's cool that you can look yeah. back and mm-hmm. see that and see how that's continued. Okay, so I want to back up and say first and foremost, if we want to talk about specifics, at Adopt Match, we have divided these two things into what we call level one characteristics. We call them the, the you know important characteristics, no, most the most important characteristics, and level two, which are still important, but not as you know fun, foundational um, and fundamental characteristics. We can define those in a minute. But I, I will say before we even get into that, where Kelsey, where should people not find uh, adoptive parent? We have a little bit of experience with this. Yeah, you go. Facebook, it, the worst. Facebook has these matching groups. And I hate that I'm even giving them publicity by speaking about them right now, but I think it's just you have to watch out for these groups. We've seen some truly horror stories come out of these groups. First of all, families don't have to have a home study to be in these groups. I think that's number one red flag. They just can get on Facebook and say, we're adapting and that's it. They don't have to have any education or anything. Yeah, you want to go with a licensed professional. 
And, uh, and probably some of the people that are in these Facebook groups would say, we started these because adoption professionals, it's so expensive and they you have to go through the whole process and it's just, it's such a burden. But I'll tell you that, and this may seem biased coming from an adoption attorney, yeah, there is a process in place. There's a structure in place and it's mm-hmm. designed at its very core to protect everyone involved. That's mm-hmm. what it's designed for. It's it, You don't have to have a, a ridiculously expensive process. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like mm-hmm. that. And that's one of the purposes, again, of Adopt Match was to bring together this group of professionals who who didn't charge ridiculous fees, who mm-hmm. don't make it inaccessible for adoptive to be represented or to be working with an agency so this whole notion of we're we're just going to avoid the process because it's too much of a hassle and too expensive is not a reasonable justification to go rogue and just hop on instagram or hop on why not craigslist you want to protect yourself your child make sure you're supported you have the things that you need and require as a part of going through this process you are definitely worthy of receiving all of those things and going through Facebook is really not the way to have that. No, it's not. And I would go so far as to say that it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. If you come across a family that says, oh, we really just don't want to deal with all of that. And we don't want to, we don't want to get involved with professionals. We don't really need a heart surgeon. We'll just, we just do it on the casual here in my, in this, in my van. No. You get the professionals involved. There's a reason for them. Again, they don't have to be ridiculous, unreasonably expensive or burdensome. And we'll, we talk about that in a different episode. That's how to choose the right kind of adoption professional who's not predatory in the way they set mm-hmm. their pricing. Number one, where not to find them. Facebook, Instagram, Craigslist, etc. The other basic thing that we want to say is, the, and Kelsey touched on this, the very first thing is you want to make sure that the family... Any families you're considering have a home study. Um, and most people that you'll find on matching websites or on that are working with agencies or ready to adopt, one of the things when people say they're ready to adopt, it means it should mean that they have a home study. And again, in an earlier episode, we talked about terminology. So what is a home study? Kelsey, it's a, take it away. Home study is conducted by a licensed adoption agency or social worker. It's a long process that every single adoptive parent is required to complete, and it involves background checks, interviews, home visits, references, medical exams, adoption education, and possibly more. The purpose of this is to ensure that the adoptive parents are providing a safe, emotionally healthy family, safe home, and they're ready to adopt the child. So it's absolutely critical to confirm that they've completed their home study. And it's it's a pretty basic process. Yeah. If somebody doesn't have a home study because they couldn't get one, next. <laughs> yeah, that's a red flag. Next, as. That's just not what's happening. Who's our thank you next? Oh, Ariana Grande. As Ariana Grande would say. <laughs> next. No, f- yeah, it's, it's a pretty basic process. They're checking under the hood, and there are. There's no reason, there's really no reason that a suitable family would not pass a home study. So they're not hard to find. Home study is a basic no-brainer. And you don't want to get involved with the family and start thinking they're they're the one and you really love them and then to find out later that they're home studied. So you want to ask that question up front, and which brings up sort of a controversial question, which we're happy to do, and that is, should you ask to see a copy of the home study? Because a mm-hmm. home study is actually a written document that talks about the family. It talks about everything from like how they met to why they want to adopt, about their marriage, about their finances, about their extended family, kind of about their own upbringing. These are really important things. If you want to find 
a family that is going to be one that you feel good about for the long haul. I always encourage clients, yeah, let's ask for a copy of the home study. Adoptive parents sometimes feel uh, like that's an, over, an overreaching request. What do you think, Kels? No, I think, and I do know a lot of adoptive families now that would say, absolutely, she should be able to see that. I think it's only fair. I never saw it. I never asked for it. I never knew I could ask for it. Did your attorney ever suggest or, or I didn't have make an it attorney. an option? Oh, okay. I That's had right. their attorney. <laughs> yeah. So yes. no, I, no one was ever presented this option to me. Yeah. I went in this process very alone and I did get lucky, so to speak, with yeah. this family. And, and we've worked hard to build this relationship, but I, I did get lucky. You did some hard work, though, as mm-hmm. well in finding the family. Yeah. You didn't choose the first family that you saw or the one that someone else thought was right. the right choice for right. you. And part of it is putting in the work up front. And yeah, as far as seeing the home study, they can, can take out people's identifying information if they want to. But I always think about it in terms of if I was going through this with one of my daughters, mm-hmm. would would I feel like that's a, a reasonable question or an unreasonable, you know, request? Right, yeah. Heck, yes. I want to know everything I can about this family based on the magnitude of the decision that you're yeah. making mm-hmm. and the responsibility that you have to this unborn child. Yeah, there's no, there's. I don't think there's a question off, really off limits. And if people feel offended by that or they feel like you're invading their privacy, I think you're entitled to mm-hmm. invade their privacy. Respectfully, I think you can ask yeah, those questions sure. respectfully. I want expectant moms to, to know that they're being asked to divulge all sorts of mm-hmm. personal pieces of information. Social history, medical history, history about their sexual relations with the birth father or yep. other potential birth fathers. These are really personal things. They're being asked to be transparent and I think it's only fair that's reciprocal from the adoptive parents as well. It also goes to build trust, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, so there are, talk us, take us through the, these level one and level two. So at Adopt Match, we talk about level one characteristics and level two. Level one are the most important the foundational things to get a lock on first and foremost. So Talk to us about this. So level one, the most important stuff you want to nail down, I would say these are the things you want to nail down before you even start reviewing families. Mm -hmm. You want to get a lock on what kind of a family are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for what kind of a couple? Are you looking for a single parent? Are you looking for a two-parent household? I would say faith. If faith is important to you, faith is a big one as well. Where they live. If you live in Maine, and you want someone close to you, don't go looking in California for a family. Keep it to whatever region you're interested in. And once you start talking to them, I would say the the level one things to be asking them, why did you want to adopt? When did you begin the process? Uh, What's your perspective on open adoption? Why? How do you feel about staying in contact with your child's birth parents or family? And how do you plan on doing that? Have them talk about their faith in more detail. For me personally, I remember this was a subject where I was not super sure of what I wanted, but I was raised Christian and I wanted someone that was raised Christian, but maybe not as um, much of a church goer. And that's exactly what I found. Mm. And so why do you want to be a parent? 
these kind of things. Maybe ask them about how they plan to parent. Maybe if they have kids already, if they don't. What You have to picture what the family looks like raising your child. And then find a family that matches that description. No, those are great. Those are all. And so even as basic of the, as those sound, I think unless a mom is led through mm-hmm. those that inquiry to some extent, it's easy to miss those things because there's a lot of focus um, on just the basic things. But you mentioned a region. I think that's really important in terms too of beyond just OEI, oh, yeah, like the I was raised in this area, so I, I like this or I don't like this. Also, when it comes to the practicalities of if you're going to have visits, you're going to have an open adoption. Yeah. If to use your example, if if you're in Maine, if you're in California, or if you're on the East Coast and you choose a family who's on the West Coast, you're setting how. How's that going to go? Mm-hmm. There, there's just the practicalities of that. You're going to fly across the country. You're yeah. going to stay in a hotel. You're going to, how's well, that going to work? Well, and even if you don't, even if right now in your mindset, you're like, I don't know if I want an open adoption, give yourself the opportunity to change your mind. Give yourself yes. the opportunity that if you change your mind, you don't have to take a six hour flight across the country in order to do that. And the door can be open and it's not that far away. That's right. That's travel. right. And we when we have a whole episode about open adoption and the things to consider and the why of why of open adoption and how it plays out as well. So make sure to listen to that when thinking about that topic. One of the things that I, that cracks me up in the profiles and it's so sweet to see people talking about their spouses and it's all super glowing and that's awesome. But we know that every relationship has conflict and problems and a lot of those relationships break up and a lot of adoptive parents who have adopted end up getting divorced that is a that absolute fact but one of the things that one of the, a few of the things I always encourage clients to ask are and maybe not the first question I mean not the very first question but how do you deal with conflict what do you fight about in your marriage and how do you how do you deal with that conflict how do you resolve conflict and I think you can tell a lot about yeah. people from that question number one are they If their answer is, we don't really fight, next. They're from Minnesota. Yeah. We give each other the silent treatment for 10 days until one of us gives it in, asking about how to resolve conflict. No, if they, if you got to listen, but you also have to know the right, the answers that you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's part of whoever you're working with to help you think these things through and talk about why these things are important. What does your extended family think about your plan to adopt? Because you want to... Again, you're not going to find a family with every single quality and characteristic you're hoping for. But these are important things to know. Are the grandparents excited and going to embrace th- this child? Are there other children in their extended family that have been adopted? Has ado- How has adoption touched their life? Because those are all going to set the stage for how your child is accepted. And then just things like work things. How much of your life is devoted to work? And that I think those still are, are level one. And then... And I think we, you know, you ask those questions, you don't feel, you don't feel unsure to ask, you don't feel reticent to ask those questions, you don't feel worried that they're going to, again, that they're going to feel like you're being too nosy, be, be nosy, be uncomfortable, it's okay, it's worth it, you have to, that's your work right now, is to go about the business of making uh, a really solid decision that you're going to feel peaceful about in decades from now. And then you're going to be able to look at that child in the eyes and, and, and know that you did right by him or her by putting in this work. Tell us about level two characteristics. So these are, 
I think this is where the the sense of familiarity comes in yes. because you're building connection. You're not just checking your boxes anymore. You're really building your relationship. And things like, do they love to travel? What kind of music do they like? Are they outdoorsy? Do they like to work out? Do they love sport? Do they like to bake or cook? Do they have pets at their home? Stuff like that. So I think I'm trying to think of what it was for me. Like I love to travel. They love to travel. And we really connected on, like I said, humor and stuff like that. But we did talk about sports and we talked about just a wide range of things, just our our college experiences and how close we are to our families, our extended families. And then also things like education. So this is something for me that was a level two characteristic, but then became a level one because when I was interviewing these two different families, I asked about what they plan to do regarding this child's education. And for me, six years ago when I was doing these phone interviews was, okay, public or what's your plan? And for me, I went to public school all my life and I have family of educators who teach in public schools. And so we're rah-rah public schools. And so I thought that was super important to me at that in time and then family told me like no we planned a homeschool and I was like wait a second that was just a weird thing for me to hear six years ago Mm -hmm. and this was pre-COVID right where people didn't homeschool as frequently as they do now and obviously we live in a different time than we did then but yeah I thought oh gosh that's really odd and I don't know if I like that so education went way higher up the list than what I thought it was. Well, and your brand yeah. of it is, is so interesting that, to hear you say this because I had just recently, this is during COVID, but COVID really had nothing to do with this. Back to back, I had one client who said, homeschool, no. Like just a big, mm-hmm. no, absolutely off the table. And mm-hmm. she had all of her reasons. And they were, they were well thought through reasons. Mm-hmm. And her reason was that she didn't want to have, in this case, the family that she was torn about because it was a family that she liked, but the mom was the, the homeschool um, parent. She didn't want, and she was a stay-at-home parent, she didn't want that parent's attention to be divided from this newborn. She wanted yeah. the mom to be. And other people have their, you have probably different reasons about the homeschool. But then I, the literally the very next client I had was adamant that she wanted a homeschool family. Mm-hmm. And she wanted them to homeschool at least through middle school. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in high school, they could make it a different path. And also that to make sure that they did not, that they weren't vaccinated. Okay. And that was, those were her two leads. Okay. And then other things fell. All that to say, it's, these things vary greatly. They vary. Oh, yeah. And as long as they're not, I think as long as they're not just trait, I won't take anyone that's that's not a Dodgers fan. Maybe that's not, maybe that's really significant to some people. I don't want to trivialize <laughs> that. But it'd be like saying, yes, this is the person that I want to marry and we're so compatible in all these areas and we have, we share the same values, but it really drives me crazy because he's a vegetarian. And so I'm breaking up with them. Like, obviously that would not be, that would not be the right decision. But so you got to figure out what's important to you. And I think, Making a list is not enough. I think you have to ask the why is this important to you? Mm-hmm. Because hopefully it it represents something that you that either A is a value or that you feel really strongly about. Yeah. Just had an, an, on that note, another client who did nutrition and fitness are really important to her. And that's what she does for work. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's one of her values. So she was looking for someone who who is engaged in the practice of yoga and who 
that was an important part of their life. And she found that was a, it's an example of on the surface it can it can seem like can seem trite, but that was something that was really important yeah. to her. So definitely find out what is your level one items and and what are your level two, and then know that those can change and those are different for everybody. But ask yourself the reasons behind why they are where they are on the level of importance. That's right. And going into those questions, knowing why you're asking them, listening to the answers, asking follow-up questions, ask follow-up questions. I don't think expectant moms are encouraged to do that. Mm -hmm. I think they're seen as high maintenance. If they're asking too many questions, please, we're here to tell you, don't listen to that. Mm -hmm. Ask follow-up questions until you are satisfied with the answer. And again, we talk about this in our adoption professional episode, but if anyone is making you feel like you're asking too many questions or you're being a nuisance or you're being too picky, you know, you can hear them out. But what they're probably saying is, I don't have any families that meet your requirements. And so I'm going to tell you that you're being too picky mm-hmm. because I want you to choose one of my families. No, a professional that is worth their salt will hear what you want will understand the importance of that and then will work their butt off to go find mm-hmm. that right family because they're out there. Yeah, they're for out sure. There. Those families are out there. And not just one. And they are gonna they're, they should be able to find a whole group of families who meet those characteristics and work hard to make that happen for you. Okay, so you found on paper, you've asked your follow-up questions, you've heard the answers that you were hoping for. What's next? Is that it? We're good? I think that you should meet them in person. <laughs> Why do you tell your clients that it's important to me? I think that, and you could, you said you interviewed two families. Yeah. Did you do that on, on, the the phone? Phone. on the phone? And then I met them in person. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we always suggest. And especially, this has been a weird, obviously a weird time with the in-person meeting. And I think it's really impacted this process, but you don't have to be, you know, having meeting after meeting. I have sat through lots of back-to-back, even meetings with my expectant mom clients and it's exhausting because you are you also feel empathetic for them because everyone's putting themselves out there this is an emotionally exhausting process so you want to you want to conserve you want to conserve your resources for that so you want to narrow it down to families that you feel like yeah these are quite possibly good matches then have calls and assuming the call goes well absolutely the in-person meeting is is essential i think it's essential i know there are circumstances where that's not possible COVID maybe, or maybe the timing, maybe things are, baby's about to be born. But if at all possible, I would, again, I would urge you to view, if someone says to you, well, you can just have a Zoom call with them and that should suffice. I would view that with caution. Adoptive families should be willing to get on a plane and come where you are and sit down with you and answer questions and ask you questions and get to know each other for their sake, for your sake, and ultimately for the child's sake, or to have you come there. If that's whatever's most convenient for you, whatever's most convenient for you, but in person and nothing really can take the place of that. The reason why there's something about sitting with people, looking at them in the eye, seeing the things that they haven't written on their profile or that in the short phone call, there's, there's something I think really essential about watching if it's a couple seeing how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot about a couple from the way they listen to each other, 
the way they look at each other. These are not things that you can see from a profile or from a Zoom call. I um, think it gives each other an opportunity to for this process to feel real as well and to right. feel the weight of it and to get to know them mm-hmm. in person is so different than get to know getting to know them over the phone or in email or in messages. It's just the genuine connection that you can have in person is going to be so much more powerful than anything. That's else. right. And that connection is the foundation for trust because yes. that is the driving force behind all of this is do you trust for, for an expectant mom, do I trust that these people are who they say they are mm-hmm. and are going to do what they say they're going to mm-hmm. do? And for them, it's is she who she says she is? Is she and is she being honest? Is she being forthright? I think spending time in person there's a there's i don't think there's any equivalent any equivalent for that so make the effort and expect that adoptive parents are going to make the effort and if they're too busy or it's too much hassle or if they're too uncomfortable or that's not that's not the right fit that will show up later in ways that you're not going to be happy about yeah if it's you know too much of a hassle to find a wide selection of home studied families waiting to adopt and a list of adopt match approved ethical, experienced adoption agencies and attorneys, visit adoptmatch.com. This has been Thinking About Adoptions podcast. Thank you for joining us.